Stand clear. 100% wild podcast. So for all you listeners, hello and welcome to definitely not your favorite outdoor podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Drury Outdoors 100% Wild Podcast, powered by Deer Cats. This is episode number 330. I am one of your co-hosts, Tim Chelsvick. I'm the other one, Matt Drury, and today we have another in-studio guest, <clears throat> Mr. What? How do you spell? Let his me get name? this correct, Mr. Parents Button the Third <laughs> Esquire, otherwise known as Perry Batten. Yep, that's me. I Somebody. like that name. Are you saddled in? Hey, <laughs> uh, we aren't even a minute into this podcast, and he starts busting you got on the, the button, saddle. You got the button joke Jeez. in. He got the saddle joke in. I think bring, we're even. Bring them all out. Man, <laughs> he's loaded for bear. That's right. So we had two weeks in a row where we had an in-studio guest, and the week before that, we did our our not Jeopardy edition of the show. We're on so a roll. We are on a so, – and the week before that, I think, was it Kurt was in from Working Class? Mm-hmm. So yeah. we are on a roll. The, the fun thing is, like, we're all getting excited. Deer season is – like on the horizon. We can actually see it right now. I'm going to go drop some trail cams this weekend. I'm excited to see what may be walking around. Yeah, it's still a little early for me. Yep. And um, I do have a couple out, but they were more like security cameras that I've just left out mm-hmm. on a piece. And we do have some encouraging signs, the barn buck and, and another deer that we're looking forward to, to seeing what he grows into. So I want to hear about Perry because this is the time of year – where you guys don't put cameras out until August, really, right? Yeah, for sure. We uh, just started feeding some analogics early because of the drought we've had, but now we're cu- catching mm-hmm. rain. So we put a few cameras out just to see what was running around. Uh, they're not super developed yet, so not not fully know what we got. I mm-hmm. mean, definitely some big-headed deer walking around, some mature deer. But um, starting to put out some analogics to help the drought and, uh, you know, kind of in a lull period, if you will, where – all of our crop fields are planted and sprayed now, um, and then we'll pick up green fields here in a few weeks. Yeah, so it's it's the calm before the storm because yeah. once you guys get into planting, how many yeah. food plots are you guys, how many green plots are you putting in? Uh, it's got to be around 30 fields. Ooh. Yeah, and yeah. if you don't, and these aren't quarter-acre plots. I mean, some might be, but majority are pretty big yep, food plots. I would say we average acre and acre and a half across the the span i mean we definitely have some you know half acre stuff and then we definitely mm-hmm. have some two three acre stuff yeah so, so enjoy this couple weeks before <laughs> yeah, the grind nuts. begins yes. yeah yep. it gets crazy for a minute <laughs> because really once you guys start planning is also the time where you start getting heavy into putting your cameras out right yep yep that about we'll probably put cameras out here in about two weeks analogics mm-hmm. and then all the reconics for summer inventory and then it'll be a week or two later, we'll start Greenfield. I'm, I'm curious just how much your your trail cam inventory influences your stand placement. Or do you or do you guys have stand placements pretty much figured out based on the history of the ground that you're on? Pretty much all there already via history. Mm-hmm. But definitely uh, we just picked up a 334. Oh. Um, so – We'll have to figure some stuff out on that. We're already designing a new plot there, and uh, we already put a blind up, so it might need to be adjusted. But definitely on most of the spots, history repeats itself. Yeah. But um, we're always dialing in and, I guess, you know, fine-tuning things as they come along. That phrase, uh, history repeats itself, did you make that up, or is that something you've heard before? Because it's good. Yeah. 
I didn't make it up. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just hit him. You're close enough. <laughs> I don't want to knock the turkey off the wall behind him. <laughs> That's Scott's turkey. I don't think yeah. so, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you mentioned you've gotten all the the plots you currently have in. You got them sprayed, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so a little birdie told me this morning I was on a, a call with, with somebody. He said that you should ask Perry – about the $20,000 drone he just crashed. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> we borrowed a drone from a very nice individual who let us borrow a drone. We had a, two cornfields that had some weeds coming underneath the corn because we were in a drought for so long. and Corn was kind of stagnant height, and the weeds were coming under. We've gotten rain. The corn's gotten taller, but the weeds are still competing. Well, the only way to spray it right now is with a drone because you can't drive over it. The corn's too tall. So we borrowed a drone, and... Uh, I felt confident, and uh, <laughs> any story that starts was. like that. <laughs> Darren, Darren and I uh, got the drone, got everything figured out. We kind of had a half day to fly. How, get, how big is this drone? Uh, if all the wings and everything are folded out, take up the truck bed. Holy cow. Yeah, it's a big drone. It holds five liters of fluid. Cola. Le- liter of cola. <laughs> what? A liter of cola. So Darren and I figure all this out. We get it in the air at Mark's house. You know, I put a grid on a field and just put water in it sprays fine it does great okay and so uh, we had two fields of spray and uh so the next day we go grid one of those out and once you gps around the field the drone literally makes its own grid system on the controller wow you you pick a home station to where it can land and you can refill and rebattery it goes in the air and it sprayed 3.9 acres on the grid like i'm like this is great so it's dummy proof uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> and he comes so, into the studio to do a podcast. <laughs> anyhow. And so it, it has to go through this field gap to spray another acre that's connected to this field. Well, the field gap's probably 30 yards, 35 yards wide, and there's trees, but it's not. It wasn't any tighter than where we took the drone off from. Mm-hmm. Well, it's going to fly into that gap. It gets to the center of it and just loses its mind. And literally stops midair. The controller speaking Chinese to me, uh, and I'm like, "Oh crap!" So do you not know Mandarin? I don't. <laughs> so I uh, I flip the drone over to manual mode so that I can manually fly it myself back to me. Flip it over to manual. I abort the grid system that it's on, and it's sitting there hovering. And Dude. I push the remote to come towards me because I can see myself in the screen of the drone on okay. the remote. I hit the button to come forward. It falls straight out of the sky. What? You're killing me, Small. <laughs> it was the eject button? <laughs> yeah. Abort, I, abort. I guess. I, Dang. Uh, yeah. So how high was it? Uh, 9.8 feet. Oh. I guess it was just such a heavy. Yeah, well, it had, you know, five liters of, of spray chemical. So mm. that's, you know. So when it fell to the ground and you saw your, you know, this is your fault. Yeah. <laughs> How'd you feel about that? Well, honestly, there's probably some footage maybe because Darren was filming a piece for of this. Huh? So, um, so we but, might see it in Deer Season 23. I, I was really just like, are you, is this, uh, did this just happen? You know? And then I'm, in my mind, I'm like, okay. Who, who's buying a new drone? Do you, do you think, <laughs> Mark doesn't pay me enough to cover this? <laughs> uh, uh, I, hey, hey, honey, <laughs> another trip we're supposed to take? Yeah. So I, I uh, Darren and I loaded up in the truck and assessed the damage, talked to Mark. He was, you know, hey, 
stuff happens. You yeah. know, it's not, you know, I, I didn't, I'm not going to go purposely try and crash the thing. Obviously. Right, yeah. So, um, and what else is he going to say to you to make you feel any like, yeah, I'm, no, I mean, these guys have <laughs> turned tractors over and yeah. I mean, mm, like shit yeah. happens when you're doing real work and yeah. you're did on you make the that one up? I did. And, uh, what can <laughs> you do about it? As yeah. long as everybody's safe and yep. you, you know, uh, that's we the were, main thing. Everyone you know, was we, good. So we, uh, we got the parts ordered. We're going to get it fixed and it'll be oh, all right. So it's salvageable. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. So it so turned out it was like $800 worth of parts. 800 bucks in parts. Kind of got lucky, I guess. Got real lucky. Yeah, so. <laughs> well, Scott flew a drone into a tree a few years back. Yeah, we were looking it, for it a deer happened. I shot. <laughs> like a drone like this big. Yeah, yeah, yeah big difference. Uh, oh, yeah. He yeah. had to climb up into the tree to get it. We, we were looking. It was still on. We didn't know where it went, and it was still on, and we ended up finding it, finding it because he was looking at the screen on his phone oh, yeah. what it was videoing on the ground, and we walked around until we found the area that it was videoing in. We looked up, and there it was. We uh Wade was flying a drone on a Lucille recovery deer. Uh, Tracker John was there, and Mark wanted a shot of the dog working through this big timber bottom because it was real open, be a cool shot. And Mark and I, I'm filming Mark. We're going, Tracker John, dog's working. The drone's over over us. We can hear it. All of a sudden, you hear, <laughs> Mark looks at me. He goes, did he just fly that in the damn tree? <laughs> I was like, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> Didn't he hit a uh, electric line or a pole or I something so, as well yeah. prior to me working there yeah, yeah. my son Bo got a toy drone for his birthday like last year and i was out in the front yard i was like here son let me let, let daddy <laughs> figure this let thing me show out. you how to wreck so this. i get it up and it just like take i I push the sticks forward. It flies directly into the neighbor's gutter like it was on a mission. <laughs> and it got stuck there. Kamikaze. <laughs> I felt like a kid again having to go to the neighbor's say, uh, Carl, My drone got stuck I, in your gutter. Can I get a ladder and get oh, your gutter? God. Yeah. Stuff so, happens. Point, point is, drones aren't as easy as we made them sound no, in the podcast right. before this one. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> yeah, leave not. it up to the pros. Well, these guys are supposed to be the pros. <laughs> Amateur, pro-am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everyone has their days. Well, so what else, you know, stand, you guys don't have a lot of tree stands out, so you're not really having to go adjust or trim lanes and, re, I mean, a few sets, but not few, a ton. Yeah. I mean, we go to every every box blind we have every year, sweep it out, clean the windows inside and out. Wasp, they love them. Um, probably mm-hmm. go through 24 cans of wasp spray a year yeah. in the summertime. So that's, you know, we're not trimming lanes. I mean, some blinds need lanes trimmed sure. to shoot, um, but that's a, a job in itself to well, go I, to. I saw something the other day where you guys, you and Wade were out, and you had the skid steer with the veil implement, and you had a box blind. You just, was that the new piece you were the talking new, about? Yeah, the new farm. Because you guys took down a bunch of, you, I guess, took a chainsaw in as well, and you felled a bunch of trees down that center gap or what was that uh, or is it all veil you took the veil through all, all veil that. yeah we mowed out a big spot it was all um just brush and uh just overgrown cedars mm-hmm. and stuff and and carved out almost an eight uh eight acre and a quarter up on this big ridge and then put a put a scent proof there so <clears throat> those that veil looks pretty uh pretty awesome oh beautiful beautiful you can do so much with that piece of machinery in very little amount of time. What's the biggest size tree it'll take down? I mean, as long as it's not like a hard mass tree, you know, like a solid oak or mm-hmm. hickory or something, I would say, you know, probably 14 inches. Take your time. Man. Yeah. It's impressive. I mean, it's fun to watch because they'll do the time lapses on the 
these you know wherever they're carving something out it is fun to watch them carve out a piece of you know it might be a new food plot it might be access yep. it's interesting the level these guys can go take it to and, and we and did, it is next level we did one on that on that plot itself and time lapse drone shots everything of of carving that out and doing that project so yeah yeah pretty neat that'll show up somewhere Sweet. So outside of that, I mean, what's what's going on right now? You've you're like I said, we're just kind of in between. Or? I'm about to go on vacation. Heck, yeah. checking out. <laughs> yes, get it in. Um, no, but honestly, uh, you know, like stand blind maintenance, all that stuff, and I just did some tractor maintenance. You know, cleaning out the drill, switching from, you know, soybeans into to doing green fields. So, you know, there's other things. You know, a lot of maintenance stuff to be able and prep to when the time comes everything's ready to go yeah so. how many out when you guys start planting your green plots like how many hours will you run a day or will you run day and night or like how it, do you guys do it normally if we've got everything prepped like we like to have it wait now run three or four days straight you know sun up to sundown and in front of a rain so three or four days we can normally get everything in the ground. So you plant last year, no rain, you replant, <laughs> no rain, you replant, Yeah. really not much of anything. Yeah, we replanted the third uh, winter biologic winter grass at the end there. And what time of the year was that by the time it you replanted the third time? I think. Were you running into September? Yeah. Mid, oh, mid to late? Yeah, I think Missouri's bow season was already open. Yeah. yeah. And we were planting some stuff. <laughs> yeah. And, or you it was know, just prior to. Plus watering some oh, spots yeah. if you could. Yeah, over a hundred thousand gallon mark last year Jeez. watering. Yeah. It was hundred and fifty ish, I believe. So when you're doing that, are you filling up a big just a big water tank you got on a trailer? Because yep. I know like Forrest and Terry, he bought you know, found truck. an old truck, fire yeah. truck, water tank or whatever. We have a tank that's bolted to a eighteen foot trailer. I think it's sixteen fifty gallon. And then I have a pump on the back of the trailer bolted to the trailer also with all the hoses we need so we can back up to a pond or we have a fill tank at our main building we can go to either or fill and then go to whatever plot how long does it take to fill about an hour yeah or it's about an hour process so 30 to fill and then 30 to, to, to and put it on a plot yeah so about eight eight to ten tanks a day you can do what are you running off the the um to spray it, to get the pressure to spray it. Uh, we just have a two by four up in the air, stuck in a spot of the trailer, and then the hose runs up to mm. a nozzle, and then you just flip a, a lever on the pump itself. So this is gravity? What do you mean? So like, where like you get for the power? Pressure. Yeah, for power. The oh, pressure. the pump. The pump yeah. pushes it out. Okay. Yeah. But you like a car battery or something? The pump. No, it's, gas. Yeah, it's right. a motor. Oh, that part, gas. Yeah. 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 Well, how big's the pump? That's what I'm saying. Uh We'll take your question. Five horse, maybe mm. five horse pump. It it we have it set up to where it sucks in water or can press out water. Gotcha. So. Mm. Yep. Uh, something we should mention that I'm sure you guys are using now is that you can share. Like we live on rain stations right now, just yeah. watching to see what's coming. And Deercast. <clears throat> in Deercast, yeah. So you can like in the past you could share waypoints, but now you can share rain stations. Share you can share food plots. You can yeah. share pretty much anything you can drop on a map. Now in Deercast, you can share with other people. And we're working to hopefully, you know, within the next month or two, have it to where you could share. If you got a farm, you could share a list 
of all the things instead of having to do one by one. We know that's a, a pain in the butt, but we're yep. working towards fixing that. But yep. yeah, Rain Station, we've actually, uh, if you haven't updated your app, and I need to, yeah. it, it's updated Rain Station for you. It's going to make it easier for you. Gotcha. So it's, uh, and we got another kind of couple fixes coming yeah. out soon. It's exciting. So, yeah. Heck cool yeah. stuff. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. Um, so when do you guys start, like, when do you expect to start seeing shooters when you start putting together your list of, okay, here's where the mature, here's where the, when the mature deer start showing up? I would say we'll put cameras out either next week or the following. So two weeks from now, mm -hmm. they'll stay out for two weeks and then we'll pull our first round normally mid August. Okay. So they're normally about peaked out by then so what's the mix like percentage wise of regular trail cameras versus cell cams summer inventory is all regular reconics yeah and then cell cameras get implemented you know once we start get close to yeah, honing time. in yeah. yeah makes sense so how many cameras that's a lot of the for the inventory process i would say inventory mm, i don't even know probably 60 70 cameras yeah oh. Across several thousand acres, across yeah. two states, two across, states. Yeah, you know this isn't just uh, yep. two farms and. And then it, during the season, during the season, we're 160 to 180 cameras, probably. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But man, seeing it up close and personal when I went up there last year, these guys are very efficient. You know, yeah. with the, the intel coming in, yep. and you know, I have trouble deciding where to go between two farms or whatever, you know, that's uh, like, oh, where, where, you know, where should I go? These guys are maybe it could be 10 farms they're choosing yeah, between sure. or whatever. And they, Different scale. they're very efficient at using the Intel from the, you know, that came through overnight and mm -hmm. then making the decision for that afternoon hunt. For it's, sure. it's fun to watch in person. And it's, and it's multiple cameras per plot. Like say we have a, a food plot and there's a fence gap here scrape tree and then like a, a known hub scrape yeah we have a camera on every one of those and spots like will you change the settings and if so what like is a scrape setting different than yeah very along the funnel. way yeah yeah and then it, you know on a fence gap shorter delay you know multiple deer coming through at the same time so yeah i mean everybody thinks like how do you run so many cameras well you know if you go to one food plot that food plot could have five cameras on it. So, but you might have a mature deer that gets up out of a bed and only hits a hub scrape. He mm -hmm. doesn't walk through the gap or come to the scrape tree. So you got to know if he's there or not. What's the weirdest thing you've ever seen on a trail camera? The weirdest thing? An elk. Oh. Yeah. In yeah. Iowa? And Missouri. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Probably no. We've never had any. <laughs> could have been. Yeah. It wasn't. We've had it two now. We had a cow. The first year I started, and uh -huh. then we had a bowl last year, I think. Was there like a high fence place? I think one somewhere? got out, yeah, okay. or a herd got out of a fence somewhere, and they're still out, out <laughs> and about, <laughs> uh, having a good time. We've yeah. never seen them in person, which is odd because of how often we're hunting sure. or on the farms. But they're roaming. Yeah, they're there. That's interesting. You know, these guys, it's almost as if, because they, they'll have, Mark will have quite a few guests that come through. And so they got Perry, Wade, and Fours, Perry, Wade, and uh, Mark, but they also have production guys like Carson and, you know, this year, Bryce, I assume. Yep. So they're filming almost always three, three, two, three guys are hunting at almost all times. Yeah, we almost always two crews. And then there's, once the guests start coming in and say Taylor comes in for a stretch or, you know, Terry and Forrest might come up, like it's it's really about like an outfitter. Yeah, you know, sometimes to, the year. To the, that extent of mm -hmm. 
of how many people are coming in and out to hunt and their their success rate of getting people on deer is really very very high like close probably to 100 percent, i'd say it's pretty close it's up there yeah Definitely. so mm-hmm. that intel and it may seem astronomical and like a lot but it's really run like it's really run like an outfitter from that perspective of the numbers game i gotta have a lot of camera we got a lot of dirt yep. some own some lease and we got you know they might have 10 10 guests through the year come through there yeah right? depending be, on the years yeah you know, counting sure. probably counting you guys and i don't know mm-hmm. but there's yeah. a lot of people i mean they'll fill 20 20 tags probably oh yeah yeah so yeah. it's a lot of production that comes out of it. <laughs> Different kind of operation. It, it really is. what we do. It's fun to watch, but it's, uh, it's 24-7 up there. It's it's still fringe hobby slash work for us. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, in between the gaps. Yeah. Yeah, it's every day. I mean, it depending on – we normally designate out, like, Wade might take Missouri cameras, and then Mark and I split Iowa mm-hmm. or whatever. Whoever is looking at whatever, however it lays out. But every morning you wake up mm-hmm. and you go through – x amount of pictures and we all have a shared album and then we kind of decipher you know kind of organize them from there so i'm curious what the biggest aha you've had like something that you wish that you knew back because you've been a hunter for a long time but before you started drew outdoors what if just the scale that you're working at right now what do you wish you would have known back then when you were hunting on your own food pot structure instead of just planting a food plot like everybody can go out and plant a big clover field, yeah, big bean field, whatever, whatever you want to plant. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to do it, you can do it. Um, but the structure of like, hey, we got an acre plot. We're going to two product this half acre in beans, half acre in radishes close to your standard blind. Sure. So that it's a dual season plot. You can hunt early season on the radishes with a bow. Late season, you can hunt on those beans mm. with a gun, yeah. with a rifle. Makes sense. Like when I first learned that, up there, I was like, why don't I know this Duh. 20 years ago? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's the complex, it seems like a simple formula, but if you don't have equipment and they, you know, there's a lot that goes into it, you know, the these guys, it's a job. Yep. And Mark is the king, and Terry, these guys are the kings of food plot architecture mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, getting a deer to go kind of the way they want them to go. That's only been learned over, you know, 15, oh, yeah, 20 years sure. of them doing it. Blessed to learn it from who I learned it from. So it was a quick process to, to catch up because you get thrown right into the, right to the wolves with these guys. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the first time somebody ever, or Wade ever talked about what we were doing, well then, you know, two months later or a month later, you see it happen. Uh, you yeah. see the results and how it works. So it's, you know, learning it and then doing it very quickly mm-hmm. so and on a large scale huge scale <laughs> it's not like you 30 a, fields a year <laughs> once or twice and then you had to relearn it the next yeah. year because you forgot it's yeah. like yeah 30 and, and, and there's a different <laughs> level of three pressure you replant it <laughs> yeah. i mean the, the 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 health of the company d- depends on these food plots and and the strategy of bringing deer to you yep yeah is it's just it, it's different than what a lot of people do yeah wayne i did this year we did 127 acres. I think we did 67 of corn, 60 of beans, and then we'll have 30-ish green fields. So yeah, that's a lot of plants. That's just what Wade and I cover. So because you wow. guys, Mark has some farms where farmers. Yeah, we have some stuff. big cash rent row crop. Yeah, yeah. just yeah. too big for us to handle. I mean, yeah, hundred plus acre fields. So mm-hmm. yeah. Man. 
I, I'm also curious about how you guys figure out what bucks who is going to try to kill or who's going to try to hunt what deer. I get that question a lot, and honestly, it's 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 never like – I mean, if there's a 200, obviously we know That's that you? Mark Drury is oh. going to kill the 200 because he is the <laughs> owner of the farm, right? <laughs> uh, he is the boss. Um, but other than that, I don't – you know, if there's a specific – deer that somebody's wanted to kill you know through the years or had a bone to pick or history with you know that's just kind of their buck I would say um and then there's a lot of I mean I'm not I'm not picky by any means if Mark's like hey mature deer you want to go hunt I'm like yeah let's go sure you know so and that's last year the deer I killed in Iowa old ancient deer that we hadn't seen the entire year knew him from years prior walked into our life and shot him that that evening so but as far as, like, we sit down and go, oh, you get this one and you get that, 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 that happens. But that also is in how Mark and Terry operate. Mm-hmm. You never, you're never asking for anything. No, it's, it's whatever, you know, hey, yeah. happy to be here. I'm thankful to be here. Exactly. And they reward the guys that work their butts yeah. off. Yeah. If mature so. deer walks out, mature deer dies. That's yeah. just so. End of the day, we're just trying to produce great quality content Correct. on video. Also a big thing, you know, if we have a deer that comes out, and doesn't you know footage is bad camera lights bad that if you watch the heartbreak series it just came out you know we had a deer five minutes ahead of legal shooting light that i could have killed but camera light was was yeah. out and so we didn't shoot the deer you know mm-hmm. so there's there's a lot of instances of that that happens too so unfortunately the deer's not alive anymore oh really yeah. you didn't watch the heartbreak series yeah. tim i, did. I skimmed it <laughs> Skim a lot of our stuff. <laughs> skimming, skimming in yeah. the saddle. <laughs> well, that doesn't make sense. You can shoehorn that in. <clears throat> All right. Well, should we jump into the real wild clip? It's Tim? wild. Is and it? this is actually a clip that I shot. Oh, gosh. Here very recently. <laughs> right. Real wild clip powered by Silencer Central. The biggest wild whitetail ever found. Oh. It's the Missouri Monarch. Look at that. That's wild, you said? Yeah. It was, was found, it? found dead. 333 inches. Holy Where at? Where to? Here, it's like, here over, um, over by Bush Wildlife. Oh, wow. Did yeah. he get hit by a car? Uh, they said they think he died of natural causes. He had no wounds on him. Huh. I mean, he looks like a pin deer. That's, you know, if you're listening to this, not watching it, it's, he's got he does. stuff everywhere. Yep. Actually, St. Louis County. Somewhere in St. Louis County. St. Louis County... You hear guys like down in Chesterfield Valley and places out there, but like giants, 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 giant mm-hmm. deer. Yeah, there's some there's some good ground, and there's a lot like this was back. Oh gosh, I want to say the early '80s. I would say oh, really? it had to be in the '80s. Yeah. <clears throat> mm-hmm. uh, but uh, but yeah, a lot of a lot of great. Where's habitat. that mount at? Powder Valley Nature Center. Gotcha. Here in St. Louis. Yeah, pretty cool. Just it just it, it's amazing to be that close to a '81. Yeah, 1981. Uh, t- to see it like that deer lived in the wild. I, yeah, we talked about this. I, I mean, hey, that's you would love to shoot a, yeah. a big giant deer, but I, it, it's so odd looking. It looks like one of those things you put for fish uh, habitat into the <laughs> oh, pond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, like a fish bed. <laughs> yeah. or crib. Like it's so yeah. odd uh-huh. looking. I mean, it's. Yeah. I don't know. I, <laughs> uh, like to, to me, whenever I see a deer like that, I always like I, I 
transpose into the woods. Like I'm in a, I'm in a tree stand <laughs> and I'm thinking like, what would I do? I just fall out of your saddle. Yeah. Die a little bit. Poop my saddle. <laughs> That's why you have a backup saddle. Okay. I think we know just what would happen. <laughs> I got diarrhea. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> It no, would be obviously shocking. you would shoot it ten times out of ten, but oh, yeah. it is such a different looking deer. Yeah, it's crazy. It definitely has a a pin resemblance. <laughs> yeah, but but you know, like those genetics exist. I mean, they're not altering. They're not going in and actually altering deer genes in those in those high fence scenarios. It's just that the deer are fed to the point and taken care of to the point where they can express their full potential and yeah they're being bred so they're influencing genetics that express way express their full potential but, this uh, sounds like a special podcast <laughs> could be oh so alan's saying it was found in a conservation area in north county okay yeah big boy Mm. And I'm a big boy. Heck yeah. <laughs> Stuff like that. Because someone could have killed that deer. Could have, would have, should Died in natural causes. Didn't. Imagine that. <laughs> Maybe one day. Dang. All right. Well, let's help our buddy out, uh, Jeremy. He's got this week's question of the day. And you can submit a question of the day by clicking the link in the show notes. And if we use it on the air, shoot me a message and we'll send you a podcast hat. All right. So the question of the day is proudly presented by Tinsing Packs. Go further, hunt longer with Tinsing Packs. So this is from Jeremy Bim? Bean? No. Bean. Johnson? Via the Rack Pack. He says, where can I watch the new Drury Outdoors TV shows? That's right. So TV shows just started airing here in the last few weeks. 13, uh, Critical Mass, and Bo Manus are all new episodes. You could also see uh, Winchester and Drury's Natural Born over on Sportsman's Channel. So you could catch them all on the Outdoor Channel, the three new sh- series. But you can watch them if you don't have the Outdoor Channel. They have an app for smart TVs called Friendly. Mm -hmm. That's what I've got. Yeah, a lot lot of people do. And then I think it's on another app, a streaming service app called Fubo, available there. And then my um, uh, MOTV, My Outdoor TV, Mm -hmm. which is owned by Outdoor Channel, Sports Channel, they'll start airing there in October. So all the shows that are airing right now, they'll start there in October. So. Yep, a couple different choices. It's funny how different television is these days oh. when you're having, you're having to ask, where do I watch that at? Yeah. As opposed to what yeah. channel is that on? Yeah. Definitely. It's, like, it's available all kinds of places. How do I get that? Yeah, which is the problem. <laughs> <laughs> all right, the Wildlife Word is brought to you by Hunter Specialties, purpose-driven tools for serious hunters. Go to hunterspec.com and see all the tools and accessories to make your hunt successful. I do like just cruising around their website They've got something for everything. Even, yeah, even like little tools and accessories that you don't even think you need, but you're like, yeah, oh, that'd be That's neat about to have. Like how muddy is. You go over both owned by the same mm-hmm. uh, GSM, but you go to muddy, you're like, eh, I didn't know they had cool. this or that. Little, do I need that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe I do. <laughs> A toilet seat for your hitch on your truck. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Some need that more than others. <laughs> okay. So, what does that mean? You. A lot of people raise their hands. <laughs> All right. Okay. Sebum is an oily secretion that covers a buck's velvet and serves this purpose. Ugh. Is it A, a lubricant allowing them to slip easily through the underbrush? B, a deterrent to keep birds from landing on the still-developing antlers? <laughs> it's a major problem. C, a pheromone like Axe body spray? Or D, an insect repellent? What do you think, Pear Bear? I would go with D. Same, D. Okay. Well, 
Unfortunately, you're both right. Ah. <laughs> All right, D it nice is. Nice job. D. Insect repellent. As Terry would say, D. Keeping, keeping the bugs away. Could you imagine, like, if they didn't have that, how many mosquitoes would they be already swarming into that? Yeah, it's, like, it's insane to see them in the summertime with their ears just full of ticks. Yeah, yeah. it's so gross. It's, it's crazy. Jeez. All right, from uh, from Apple Podcast, we got a five star rating. Thank you very much. From three Joni, they said, "Great episode with Kurt Geyer. Give bear hunting a try. It's a blast." I think he was probably he or she was probably referencing the fact that I kept saying I didn't have any interest in doing it, uh, <laughs> and it's not a knock on you know the outfitters or the people that go. A lot of ton of people just love bear hunting. I just don't have an interest in it for yeah. some reason. I'd love to go and have been invited, but. The season in, I believe it's North or South Carolina, is in November. So it's like, eh, not going to work. You're not going <laughs> to. Now, there are plenty like up, what is it, Saskatchewan? Yeah, like, they start right early. Right? Saskatchewan, I think yeah. it's pronounced. Okay. <laughs> the province in China. Mm. So I know like those seasons are in right now, aren't they? Probably. I think. I think getting close at least. Or no, are those spring seasons I'm thinking of? Well, I, I mean, a lot of people were leaving for Canadian bear hunts. That's what the the working class crew just did. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, and, and I, I put in for the Missouri bear hunt this fall. Did hmm. not get drawed. Maybe. How many one, tags is there? Uh, Forty, I think. Got to be a resident. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're out. I also did not get drawn for the elk. Tag. I'd rather have the three, no, two Iowa tags you get or whatever Probably. it is. <laughs> You're a landowner now, right? Yeah. Woo, big boy. Four acres. Woo. And I'm a big boy. Yeah. (laughs) Check it out. So that's a future home site? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Congratulations, man. Thank you. Working on that process now. That's pretty cool. Things are very expensive. Yes. (laughs) Especially right now. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Well, three, Joni, thank you for the podcast review. We appreciate it. And if you've not rated the podcast yet, please do. It helps us out. We don't know how, but it does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Someplace, somehow, some way. Someone cares about that rating. <laughs> yeah. We I don't think For, we get anything but five stars, right? Maybe a couple Yeah, jerks. I mean I, I don't I don't think there's a middle ground with our podcast. It's either one or five. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. These More guys fives don't know than what ones. they're talking. These guys aren't Mark and Terry. Where are Mark and Terry at? <laughs> Boy, they, uh-huh. they're going to be disappointed in life. <laughs> they're <laughs> not here. They're expecting you and I to be like Mark and Terry. <laughs> Ain't going to happen. Nope. Do you have cats? I wish. Can't what? afford them. Oh, ask me about cats. Yep. <laughs> Forgot to change that from our last show with uh, Mike. All right. It's a good show. All right, so the final piece of this puzzle, of this fantastic show that you've been a part of today, that you drove... 40 minutes from... Yeah. To, to, you should write to, out the mileage. From the hometown. Mm-hmm. All right. So every week we welcome new people into the Rack Pack. The Rack Pack is a Facebook group that we have for people who listen and watch this. Harry is a Rack Pack He's member. a Rack active Pack. member. Yep. Yeah. I appreciate that. Actively persecuting me. I like to <laughs> see good. what you guys are doing. Yeah. <laughs> You're one of them few. <laughs> so every week I read off a bunch of names. Tim supplies. Every week I butcher them. Every week there's a fake name I have to sniff out. Mm. All right. So we got Bob Albert, Scott Kuhn, Kuhn? Mm. Carter Rudd, Jaron Johnson, Danny Nash, Andy Selgey, Selgey, Michael Robbins, <laughs> Terry Ron, Kurt Kruger, Michael Stinkelmeyer. Hmm. Hmm. I I'll be honest, there's not a clear cut front runner for the fake name. I mean, Michael Stinkelmeyer could be it, but maybe he's from Wisconsin or a lot of Stinkelmeyer's up in Wisconsin. <laughs> you don't know. Yeah, it could be. Um, 
Let's Ke- see. Kevin Fartling. Do you Any, make these fake names? Who does. knows where they come from? Do, are any of these names, do they feel fake to you? Jerron Johnson? Sorry, Jerron, if you're real. Uh, Andy Salji? <laughs> I don't know. Who is this? It just really makes me happy that we're questioning people. Like, someone's listening right now. Like, like I'm, I'm real. A, I'm a real person. We get that in the rack pack. They're always like, I'm real, guys. I'm real. <laughs> like, sorry. All right. The, the, the job is to find a fake. I would yep. say the last one. Michael Stinkelmeyer. Yeah. Well, oh, Michael Inglemeyer was our guest. In that podcast before, yeah, right. he and it. Tim have a problem some. with each other, so Tim called him Michael Stinkelmeyer. You got a problem with you people? No, you're gonna. Hear I got a lot it. of problems with you people. <laughs> <laughs> he was a fun guest. Yeah, he is fun. Two hundred dollars is two hundred dollars. I hope you have a good time on your vacation. Man. Yeah, you've earned it. Yeah, and maybe. you're gonna earn it well. here pretty quick. Just quit wrecking drones. I'll be okay. <laughs> don't fly them. You don't wreck them. Hey, yeah, you know what? You're off drone duty now <laughs> yeah, for good. So I'm off drone. <laughs> there yeah. you go. Maybe run a tractor into a ditch. You won't have to drive a tractor again. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's not. Exactly not that's that's not. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Don't don't put that on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> well, good luck this fall. You guys, I'm sure, are going to be in for a great season. Hopefully, EHD doesn't hit, but yeah. you got some timely rains. I know a lot of. People in the Midwest just got some timely rains in the last it's, few weeks it's here. It's raining right now in Iowa, so good. Sweet. It's the time of year they are checking out the radar, deer cast, the oh, rain stations. So. Every day I wake up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For about three weeks it said zero, and I was like, yeah, oh, yeah God. brutal. So. It's tough. Well, good luck this fall. Be safe, and uh, hopefully y'all same to have you. the best best season of your life. You draw Iowa again? No, <laughs> it's gonna have took five years the last five time. More. So disappointing ending. So I'm gonna wait another five. Never mind. Five-year timeout. I put it for a public land hunt here in Missouri. Where at? Let's see if I get it. I'm not going to say right offhand. Okay. I did draw Kansas. <laughs> the, the draw is still open. Hey, where were you uh, catching smallmouth in Illinois? Uh, LaSalle County. Northern LaSalle County. Okay, okay. Yeah. You're you're uh, originally from Illinois, right? Yep. Waterloo, Illinois, born and raised, which is only 45 minutes from here. So. Yeah. Yep. Good deal. I know the, know the area. Yeah. Yeah, I miss it. All right. Well, we appreciate you coming in, man. Good luck this fall. Same to you guys. That's it. Thank we you. need it. <laughs> Parents, Button, the, the third. third, Esquire. All right. Till next time. Peace out. DeerCast is now supercharged with maps. Get ahead of your game with killer new features like live Doppler radar, wind checkout to five days, virtual rain gauges, GPS path tracking, and more. Plus, get our 14-day revolutionary DeerCast prediction and access to DeerCast track. Prep, predict, and pursue with DeerCast.